just want to read a little part as we start our uh, our service. Every year we always, like most of you probably read the Christmas story, but I feel like we just need to do just a little bit of that this morning. I'll just read it from Luke, and it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of angels of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So the Christmas story began with a song the angels so as we just lift up our voice let the great tidings of joy fill your heart today joy to the world the Lord is come let earth receive her King sing and heaven and heaven and nature Sounding joy, breathe. 
as you're being seated. Welcome you guys to a, just a special day. Um, good to see you guys here on Christmas morning. As a reminder, after I finish praying, we have the communion station set up all around. It's double cupped. So you got the, the bread and the juice uh, right there together. And the offering boxes are next to it if you want to uh, worship that way. And it's a special uh, red envelope end of the year giving too. So there's red envelopes there. And we're collecting that. And all of that money goes to our missions. Um, with the end of year giving. And you can do that next week as well. So if you forgot, just grab a red envelope today and bring it back uh, next week. So, hey, I love Christmas time, right? I think most of us do. Uh, it's even more special as the kids get older and they come home uh, right now. So it's great to have all, all the kids back and, and kind of goofing off with them. So there's family and friends and, and lots of food and everything. So it's all good. And we, we watch... Some of the shows that you, you know you used to watch when they were kids, and, and different movies, and there's a new movie out uh, this year called Spirited uh, on Apple TV, which is kind of off of a musical comedy, I guess, off of a Christmas Carol, which isn't my favorite. I never really got that right, you know, the whole ghost of Christmas past, present, um, and future. But as we were watching that movie, and I knew I had to do the communion meditation, got to do the communion meditation. Um, sorry, uh, I was. <laughs> You know, and they made him remember Christmas past, right, and Christmas present. And, like, the the picture just came of, like, the taking communion when I was a kid and growing up. We even had the table over there they used to use here, the big wooden table that said, like, do this in remembrance of me, right? And it made me think of, like, okay, well, what is, like, Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future with that? And it made me think, like, Christmas past is what we're celebrating, right? The, the birth of Jesus, But it's just so much more than that, too, because Jesus was born to be our Savior, right? He was born so that he could die, so that we could live. And Christmas present is what we're doing right here, right now, with the communion time, where we we take those things and we think about God's love, that he loved us so much that he sent Christ down to die on the cross for us, even though we don't deserve it at all. And the Christmas future in 1 Corinthians... It says, when you take this bread and drink from this cup, you're proclaiming Christ's death until he returns. So what a glorious day in the future when Christ comes back and will be in his glory. So as we hit this time, think your past, your personal past is forgiven and forgotten. Your personal present, you can have everlasting life because Christ loves you so much that he died on the cross for you. And the future is one day in heaven in his glory. Let's pray. Dear Father, we just thank you for this day. What an amazing day. We thank you for your love. Thank you for that you sent Christ down to die for us, even though we don't deserve it, Lord. Help us to honor you and think about you, not just today, but every day. And help us to glorify you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you know this child that you've delivered will soon deliver you? Mary, did you know?
shine through the darkness. Sing a Noel. distant home, God loves. He sees all people in all places. And it's easy for us to imagine that he does so from this perspective. High, beyond, distant. But then, Christmas appears without earthly fanfare or celebration. The cry of this child screams that the same God who is above and beyond and distant has not only come close to us, but that he's indeed with us. So what if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Today, now, with us, the manger proclaims that the very presence of God is now present with us. In the mundane, in the uncertainty, in the mystery that lies beyond our understanding or explanation. God himself is with us in our joy and our happiness. He's with us in our sadness and our brokenness. He celebrates in the light with us, and he holds us in the dark with faithful and secure arms. What if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Christmas not only begs that we ask that question, but also provides the answer that our hearts have been longing for all along. Can this possibly be? Yes, it can. And it is God with us. Emmanuel. And he's closer than our wildest dreams can ever imagine. weekend, uh, one that uh, we didn't plan all the details like the ones outside, uh, but we rolled with them and God has been faithful and good. And we've had an incredible weekend with hundreds of people here in all the services and the highlight being, I guess, probably of all of them, Thursday night, uh, Michelle running to the Lord, giving her life to the Lord, being baptized. So it's been an awesome weekend. We hope maybe that'll happen. Yeah, Absolutely. We, we hope maybe that will happen today. And I just got to say, I am so thankful for uh, our staff that did an incredible job uh, decorating the stage and getting everything up here ready for Brett and his team and Sharon and all the stuff they did at the picture wall and out in the lobby. Uh, the, those of you who purchased poinsettias, thank you for that. If you want to grab your poinsettia when you leave today, feel free to do that. And I always love our music. But I just feel like this month, our praise team has been off the chart. Yeah. 
And uh, man, man, all the songs. And, and I just got to say, look, it, if you were a little late getting in this morning, you really want to go home and YouTube and watch the first song that you missed this morning. Because, uh, man, if we can do some more Trans-Siberian Orchestra, not at Christmas, I don't know if that fits. But that, that, would, be, that would be awesome, awesome. I really don't care where it happened or when it happened or how it happened or who it happened with. If you have been going through or are currently going through something, good or bad, what we have tried to establish this whole month is that you weren't alone. The God was present in the good and in the bad. That's the whole theme of Emmanuel, the God with us. And, and we've been talking about that over and over. And we've, we've seen how God is with us in the valleys and how he's with us in the wilderness and in the storms of life as well. The interesting thing to me is that, you know, today, literally all around the world, in different countries, different uh, languages, uh, even different belief systems, that this day, this day, almost the entire world is acknowledging the birth of a man named Jesus. Now, they're not all worshiping him, but they are acknowledging him. You ask little children, what's Christmas? And to get past the sand and the reindeers, you're going to get, it's the, it's the birth of Jesus. We acknowledge the birth of Jesus as Christmas. We know the terminology, Emmanuel, God with us. But are we living it? And, and even more, what about, it? what about before that first Christmas in Bethlehem? What about ever since the 33 years following that first Christmas when Jesus actually lived here on planet Earth and was among us? What about before and after Christmas? What we want you to know is that God was present in the beginning. God was present from the very beginning. In fact, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at several different passages of Scripture. You might want to look them up. You might want to look them up on your phone. You might want to screenshot them, or you might just want to listen. But if you open to the very beginning, the first page in your Bible, it starts this way. In the beginning, God. And, and if you can get past that, then the rest of it gets easier. If you can in your faith get to, in the beginning, God, God, all of God, omnipresent God, present from the very beginning. In the beginning, that God, that omnipresent God, created the heavens and the earth. Then verse 2 says, the earth was without form and void and darkness. covered the earth. With the trees, we couldn't get it completely dark, but you get the idea. Darkness, when it first happens, when it happens suddenly, is, is a little uncomfortable, isn't it? it? It's a little shocking. And then you get to verse 3, and God really begins working. God saw the darkness and saw that it wasn't good. And so he said those simple words, let there be light. And light began to spread and it filled the earth. And God saw that it was good and he separated the lightness from the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and morning that very first day. So on the first day, on the very first day of history, God saw that darkness by itself was not good, and so he created light. God's been in opposition to darkness from the very beginning. From the very beginning. That should be good news to us, because when we look at our world today, would you agree that there's a lot of darkness? 
There is darkness everywhere. And sometimes we step in it and out of it and in it and out of it. But from the very beginning, God has been in opposition to darkness. And he said, let there be light. He understands what it's like to be in darkness. And so light, from the very beginning, light was God's trump card for darkness. God, Trinity God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all of God was there in the very beginning, was present in the very beginning. And so from that, here's what we need to know is that yes, there, is, there was a day when Jesus incarnate, God incarnate came to earth and was born here as a baby. But here's what you need to understand. There has never been a moment in history that Jesus wasn't present. Ever. Ever. We, at Christmas time, we read through uh, the Christmas stories a lot. And, and the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, they go into great detail about the nativity. They had the genealogies and all that stuff that goes along with that and the whole story. Well, John was Jesus' best friend while he was here on planet Earth. And he doesn't mess around with all that. He just cuts right to the chase. And in John 1, 1, here's what he says. In the beginning was the Word. The Word is Jesus. The Word already existed, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God understood the problem of darkness from the very beginning. And then while God understood the the problem of darkness and said, let there be light, then generations and millennium later, he went another step and he sent light to earth. And Jesus came to be the light of the world. Do you know that at least 27 times in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the light of the world, as a reminder that you're never alone. You're never alone. No matter how dark the time is that you're going through or have gone through or will go through, that you're never alone. The the psalmist David understood that when he penned the words to the 23rd Psalm that we know very well. And you get down to verse 4 of the 23rd Psalm, and it says, And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For what? You are with me. That sounds Emmanuel, doesn't it? And, and, and it's so powerful because even, he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, that sounds depressing. That sounds depressing. Except when you realize that for every shadow that has ever existed, there had to be light. That's the constant behind every shadow. It might be a shadow of a tree, a shadow of a mountain, a shadow of a person. But for every shadow, there has to be light. The light of the world. Never alone. Always, always with us. Jesus, Jesus wasn't a baby created for Christmas Day. Jesus was God that took on flesh and came to earth on what we celebrate as Christmas Day. And I love then going on and reading in John 1, uh, and I love reading from the message, Eugene Peterson's translation of the New Testament, and, and he gets down to John 1, verse 14, and I love how he translated it translates it. He says, and then the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love that. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like the Father, like Son, generous inside and out, and true from start to finish. The neighborhood. Think about it. The word became flesh and moved into your neighborhood, moved onto your street, Got on your neighborhood Facebook page. Be careful. <laughs> in your apartment complex, in your condominium area, that he moved in. And while that should be so awesome and so, wow, that is so cool that we're never alone for much of the world, that's a little too close. It's a little too close. You mean he'll, he'll, 
he'll, he'll know what I do? Yeah. You mean he'll hear what I say? Yes, sir. You mean he'll know who I hook up with? Yes, ma'am. You, you mean he'll know when I'm skipping out on church? Yeah, you, you got it. You, and so a lot of people leave that thought saying, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need a big brother helicopter kind of savior. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You need that God that is omnipresent and that reminds you you're never alone. You need the greatest equalizer of all time living in your hood, living in your life. And although he's no longer walking the earth in person, you're still not alone. You're still not alone because after those 33 years and Jesus left, he said, I got something for you before I leave. I got something for you before I leave. And just like there has never been a moment in all of history when Jesus wasn't present, there has also never been a moment in all of history when the Holy Spirit of God wasn't present. In the beginning, God, that's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from the very beginning. And when we were reading through the Genesis passage a moment ago, I skipped over this part of verse 2. In the last part of verse 2, it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering, hovering over the face of the waters, over the face of the earth. From the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God was kind of hovering over all of it. When Jesus was getting ready to go back to be with the Father, he knew his time on earth was coming to an end. In John chapter 14, he begins by telling his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and I'm going to prepare a room for you there to get ready for you. And then in verse 15 of John 14, he says this, guys, if you love me, do what I say. Obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him. You know him because he lives in you now, because you've invited me in. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you soon. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. I I love that. And I love that translation. I love it. It says, I will ask the Father to send you. Do you see that word, that, 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 that term? I will ask the Father to send you an advocate. An advocate is a, is a great deal. It's a great deal. By definition, I looked it up in the dictionary. Here's what the dictionary says an advocate is. It, said it's, it says it's one who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy or person. And in this case, not just an advocate. Man, you get in trouble and you got to go to court. You need an advocate. You need, you need a defense attorney. You need someone that's fighting your case. But in this case, it's an advocate that will not only take on your temporary case, but that will never leave you. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. Because in this world, there's a lot of people that will tell you they'll never leave you. You ever had someone say, I got your back? I got your six. I'm your ride and die person. I will be there until it hits the fan. And then you look around and they gone. And you're all alone. You're all alone. (laughs) When I was in college, the second semester of my freshman year, my roommate and I moved in with two other guys that were basketball players. And so there were four of us in the room. I was a baseball player. They were all basketball players. So I was the shortest guy in, in our suite. And the senior, we were on a senior floor in the dormitory. And the seniors had this thing they would do every so often. And you could hear them coming. They would all get together and they'd come down the hall. They'd knock on your door. And as soon as you open the door, they'd all charge and pig pile. You know what pig pile is? Like, it wasn't like they weren't going to kill you. But there are 20 guys on top of you in no time at all. And uh, so one night we were in our room and heard him coming. And I was like, I got an idea. I'm talking to my guys. I was like, we can take him. 
I'm the smallest guy in here. We can take them. And so when they get here, I'll throw open the door and jump on them, and you guys charge by me, and we'll get the best of them right there in the hallway. They won't even get into our room. And so my guys are like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so sure enough, they come down the hallway, they get to our room, and I hop up and I throw open the door, and just as I leap, I hear the bathroom door shutting behind me as my guys are headed out. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny now. It was actually kind of funny then. But when you think about it, there are a lot of things that happen in life that are similar to that, only it's not a fun pig pile kind of thing. It's a serious, serious kind of thing that you need your guys, you need your crew, you need those people who said, I will be there for you no matter what, until they aren't. And you're all alone. This advocate, this advocate will always be there. Now, now here's the, here's the caveat though. A good advocate won't advocate for something stupid. A good advocate won't advocate for something that he doesn't approve of. At that point, at that point, if they do that, they are no longer an advocate. They are an enabler for the adversary. The Holy Spirit won't do that. No, he won't, he won't do that. And so although it's comforting to know that you're never alone, we've got to remember that every one of us in here, everyone on the planet, have been created with free will, the ability to choose. And that's a good thing. That's really a good thing, except guess what? Sometimes, sometimes we make some really stupid choices, don't we? Sometimes we really mess it up. And when we make those stupid choices, we've got to deal with the consequences of those choices. And so although the Holy Spirit is hovering over the face of the earth and is there, the Holy Spirit won't advocate for choices that are outside of the will of God. That wouldn't make sense, would it? He wants us to live within the will of God, and he will help us do that. He'll advocate for us along the way. God is present from the very beginning. What about us now? Let's, let's finish up. We need to understand that God is present in this life. God is present in this life. Now for us, the Holy Spirit is our current Emmanuel who is with us in this life and, and leads us how to live. He's advocating for a holy God who over and over and over again throughout all of Scripture promises to never leave us or forsake us no matter how many times we try to leave or forsake Him. He'll be there. He'll be there. But he won't approve of things outside of his will. God is with us all the time, guys. God is with us all the time. And love isn't something that God does. Love is who he is. Love is who he is. See, God could have shouted, I love you from the heavens. But instead, he sent love to be with us. New Testament we hear it all the time, especially at Christmas, that passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 1, and it gets down to verse 23. It's when the angel is visiting Joseph and Mary, and he tells them the virgin will conceive a child and will conceive a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's Matthew's account of the situation. And then you fast forward all the way to the end of Matthew's gospel. It's just about over. Jesus, this baby that was born, God with us, has been born, has lived, has been falsely arrested, has been crucified and died, has been buried and raised from the grave, has lived on planet earth for 40 more days, been seen by over 500 people, and he's getting ready to go back to be with the Father. And his last words that Matthew record for us are this, I want you guys to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. Tell them to do everything I've told you to do. And then he says this, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. That sounds Emmanuel, doesn't it? That sounds Emmanuel. 
But it was in the Old Testament as well. In the Old Testament, God gave Moses a prayer to pray over Aaron. Here's the prayer. It's found in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24 and 25. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. He will be with you. That sounds Emmanuel. God spoke to Joshua as he's getting ready to take over the leadership and lead the people into the promised land. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8, here's what God told Joshua. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you and he will be with you. He will never fail you or abandon you. That sounds Emmanuel, doesn't it? Even in the Old Testament. He said, I'm going to be there in life. God's present in the beginning. He's present in life. But Christmas, while it's great and wonderful for a lot of us, for most of us, there may be some in this room right now and many at home that are part of our church family that this year, Christmas is tough because this is the first Christmas without you fill in the blank. Without mom or dad, without a husband or wife, without a child, without a best friend, without somebody that really meant a lot to them. And so the idea of celebrating is a little hard. But what I want to encourage you is not only God present in life, he's present in death. I know that. Eight years ago today, my life changed forever. Because eight years ago today, I was in a room at Sierra Christian Village in Lexington, Kentucky, and I watched my dad run to the Father. And a lot of people said, oh, what a terrible thing to lose your dad on Christmas. I didn't lose my dad. I know exactly where he is. He ran to the Father. It's what he had longed for. It's what he taught me to believe. And so in that moment, I couldn't be sad because in moments like that, you got to act like you believe what you say you believe. Now, I'll be honest. I cry more now than I did then. I had a moment or two this week because I miss him a lot. But he hadn't lost. I know exactly where he is. He ran to the Father, and it was a celebration. What? And Christmas. What a better day to meet Jesus face to face than Christmas. And so we hold on to that. A few years earlier, I had experienced the same kind of feelings, not on Christmas, actually in the middle of the summer when I stood with Kim and her dad and her two sisters and we waited for her brother to get there. We were in her mom's hospital room. And her brother Mike finally got there and he walked in and said, Mom, I'm here. And I watched Ann breathe two more times and then run to the father. And there was peace. Now, it's not easy. It's not easy. But when we know that our loved one has run to the father, we just got to make sure we do. See, funeral services, memorial services, they're not for the deceased. They're about the deceased. They're in memory of the deceased, but they're not for the deceased. Funeral services are for those of us that remain that are trying to figure out how to go on, life, go on with life. And God gave me something about a decade ago that I have said at every funeral or memorial service that I have done since then. I've said it at funerals for some of your loved ones in the last decade. Because about a decade ago, God showed me that that deceased person, whether they were male or female, young or old, black or white, follower of God or not, that if they could raise back up and say one more thing, just one more thing to the people that they care about the most, they would all say the exact same thing. Every one of them would look at the people they care the most about, and that one thing they would say was, get it right with Jesus. Because by that point, they've met him. 
And it doesn't matter how their eternity played out. If they are with him, they would want you to be with them. And if they are not, they would still want you to be with him. Get it right with Jesus. And and the world still say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. A lot of people say that. But we got to get past the eight pound, six ounce baby Jesus that Ricky Bobby prayed to. We got to understand that this is Jesus, Messiah, Emmanuel Jesus, who is coming back to claim his bride, the church. And we need to get it right with that Jesus. I am so thankful that Kim and I are both blessed to have a legacy of people that got it right. And many of whom have run to Jesus, run to the Father. And all we want for the remainder of our time is to have a legacy where our son and our daughter and their families and our grandkids and our great-grandkids and our great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids that we won't ever see until we get to see them run to the Father. That we're going to spend eternity together because that's the last thing. He's with us in the beginning. He's with us in life. He's with us in death. God is present in eternity. Now, here's the deal. I have used the phraseology quite a bit today that he is present with us, that God is present, and more than just he is with us, because here's the deal. God is always present. We get to choose whether or not he's with us based on if we want to be with him. And I have people tell me, say, well, Dave, I just don't know. I don't know. I can't buy this. Because I, I, I can't buy all the stuff you're saying. Because if, if there is a God, how in the world could a good God send anyone to hell? And my response is always the same. He doesn't. That's another one of those choices that we get to make. We get to choose if we want to be with him. Well, well, how in the world can he allow that to happen? How can he not allow it to happen? Because the only other way is for him to say, well, all those things I said, my commandments and my rules and my guidance, they really don't matter. Just you do you. You do you. That's what everybody wants to say today. You do you. You do you only works if you hold the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And since you don't, my suggestion and my advice, my begging and my pleading would be, you do God, and he will never, ever leave you. So the bottom line is pretty simple. It's what we started with. doesn't really matter what or when or where or how or who it was with. It doesn't matter what thing that you went through that was good or bad. You never have to be alone. God is present. The question is, are you with him? Have you allowed him total access to your life? Would you guys stand? Our prayer as we conclude the Christmas service, our last uh, weekend of the year, and get ready. We got some exciting things coming next year. But there is no better way to celebrate Christmas than if you haven't already done so to run to the Father. To run to the Father today. Let it 
see it now I'm laying it down And I know that I need you I run to the Father Fall into grace Done with the hiding Reasons away My heart needs a surgeon My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father again and again and again and again. coming up here with me for a minute you guys have been praying for this dude and you may not even know him come here man this is the bravest kid that I've watched this year he's been battling cancer and this week what'd you do this week finish chemo yeah finish chemo he finished chemo this week and got to ring the bell And his mama who's sitting over there has been videotaping. And on some of his worst days, I saw videos of this kid in the hospital singing praises. And somebody asked him, what'd you learn? What'd you learn during the last few months? You remember what you said? Never never alone. Never alone. Yeah. 
He set up a video for the world to know. Connor, I just want you to see these people. They're praying for you, bud. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, man, I'm glad you guys have been here. It's been an awesome weekend in spite of cold and snow and ice and all that stuff. And so when you think you're going through a valley, when you think you're going through a desert or a wilderness or a storm, just think, Connor got through his storm. And God will never, ever, ever leave you. Have a Merry Christmas. Let's go love God, love people. Let's go change the world. We'll see you guys next year.